Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. Bibles. Luke 2, you knew it was coming, Luke 2, all right, staying in the same series, but uh, going to pull some of the same truths out of uh, this passage that we have been pulling it, uh, pulling out of uh, in other passages. I'm all caught up here in my wiring, we'll figure that out in a second, but um, good to see everybody today, and um, towards the end of the year, I always try to choose a series that's a little bit more uh, reflective, uh, a little bit more uh, kind of letting you look inward uh, rather than necessarily uh, focusing on a passage and try to be a little bit more topical. And so we walked through the book of Romans uh, for really what feels like probably 75% of the year and then also uh, did uh, a couple other little mini-series throughout there. But this, uh, this series of religious rhythms, I'm really just wanting to talk to you and spend time as a class just looking at what we do as children of God and how, we can, how it really changes us, but how can we get better at it and become more consistent? And so um, the idea of a rhythm is that it's something that you do consistently that develops a result. And really that's true with anything in life. If you have the rhythm of working out consistently, you're going to see results. If you have the rhythm of eating healthy consistently, you're going to see results. On the other hand, if you have the rhythm of not eating healthy consistently, then you're going to see results. Uh, all right. Uh, those are the ones that I'm personally seeing right now. Uh, uh, I told uh, our uh, Donnie Rogers, the, uh, the man in our church and in our ministry, who he cleans the school. He like works crazy hours, but one of the things that he does every Christmas is he brings in like this chocolate fudge that he makes. Well, like our staff has gotten bigger and bigger, and so he just brings in this huge box of it into the church kitchen. Well, we've got like some new staff members and stuff who aren't as familiar with what he what he does, and so I told him when he came in the other day, he was coming down for something. I was like, hey, Donnie, when you drop off that nasty fudge, just make sure you drop it off in my office. I'll be the one who eats it. That way, nobody else has to worry about it. And so uh, our Amy and Anna, the two ladies who sit up front now, um, they were they saw him walk out and they were I was like listen when he drops off that fudge you guys are not going to want any of it it's gross it, like you're not going like I'll be happy to eat it for you guys and so that's like the Christmas season is just about eating Thanksgiving is about eating but the truth is is anything that you do consistently is going to develop a result and so today from Luke chapter number two I want to talk to you about a rhythm that may seem a little bit uh, different. But I think it's something that we often miss as a child of God and as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so in Luke chapter number two, what you find is obviously the Christmas story. But I want you to begin reading in verse number eight with me. So obviously this is um, following where Jesus, in fact, verse number seven, it says in the firstborn son, it was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so this is Jesus has been born. This is what happens after that. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. How many of you would be afraid if all of a sudden the sky lit up around you and you started hearing angels sing like, is this it? Is this how it ends? Like, uh, um, and so I'm sure that's how they were feeling. It says they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The shepherds were someone that Jesus or that God could have easily left out of the Christmas story. They were nobodies. In fact, most of the time, shepherds were looked down upon by society. They were people. They were outside of the city. They they were away from what was actually happening. They had to be summoned there. And yet, for some reason, the two groups of people that the Bible takes time to designate that came to worship Jesus Christ in his birth were people at the low end of the spectrum, the shepherds, and people at the highest end of the spectrum, the wise men. Isn't that interesting? That God, when he communicated his message, he communicated it to the greatest, but he also communicated it to the least. And here's what I want to talk to you about just for the next couple of minutes out of this passage is the rhythm of rejoicing. The rhythm of rejoicing. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Some of you probably, that brings a song to your heart when I say that, all right? Like you want to clap. Am I <laughs> all right? Um, that's, we won't do that today. You guys don't look like you're quite spiced up enough to be doing rejoice in the Lord always, all right? But it's a repetitive thing. And what you see here in Luke chapter number two is you see the rejoicing of the coming Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So during a season like this, here's what I want you to think about. You can get caught up in all of the festivities and all of the activities and all of the fun and all of the glitz and the glamour and the Christmas movies and the hot chocolate, but when was the last time you just stopped and you just said, God, I need to rejoice in you. I'm going to be very honest with you, okay? Um, I actually told my wife while I was sitting in my office uh, just a second, just a couple minutes ago, and I was just kind of sitting there with one of those blank stares on my face, and uh, she's like, you all right? And I'm like, I am just, I said, I don't feel good, uh, uh, whatever. So, but here's what, I want, here's what I want to talk to you about, okay? I'm going to speak to you from my heart. This is something that God laid on my heart over the weekend, and I just want you as a follower of Jesus Christ, to understand how important it is for you just to rejoice, just to spend time saying, God, I'm okay 
because of what you've done in my heart and in my life. And so my prayer is that, number one, I can get through it without getting choked up. Number two, my second prayer is that I can get through it without falling asleep, right? So those are two pretty good prayers because um, I just feel, feel exhausted, and so I'm uh, not really sure. There's a bunch of bugs going around. My throat is like on fire, so we're going to make it through together. But I want, I want to speak to you really from my heart. It's not going to be a super in-depth lesson. I'm not going to have a bunch of funny illustrations, and oh, that brings back memories. I love that sound. Anyways, but... Um, I, not a lot of illustrations, quotes, or anything. I just want you to hear this from the Word of God and from my heart, and I hope, pray that it'll be a blessing. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for just the salvation that you bring. And God, may we never get over what you have done in our hearts and in our lives. I pray that you would give me the words to say, Lord, give me strength, Lord. I pray that you would uh, communicate clearly to this class and, Lord, to this group that I love so much, Lord, just what it means when we rejoice in you. May you do a work in our hearts and in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Oftentimes, we only find a way to rejoice in that which we can take joy in. I believe that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the word or the phrase or the development of the word rejoice includes joy, okay? But yet somehow in the midst of this story in Luke chapter number two, there's also an element of fear. What's going on? What is happening? And if you're not careful, the dynamic of this passage will show up in your life as well. To where you understand that there is a command to rejoice. We already quoted it from Philippians chapter number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And yet in the midst of all of the commands to rejoice, sometimes our hearts and our lives are met more with fear than with joy. Anybody ever been there? Okay. That it seems like that the world is driving more of the fear than they are the joy. Okay? I love when sometimes news stations will it, like news stations will go and they'll find a story or you'll see something on Facebook or or something like that like too good not to share and it's like the one good thing that came across the news that day and it's normally someone saw a puppy in the middle of the street that was tied up and malnourished and so they ran out in the middle of the street and they saved it and they fed it and like everybody's like like putting all these little teary eyes like emojis and stuff in the comments it's like oh this was exactly what I needed to hear this week and it's like but 99.9% of the other stuff is like so-and-so died and they died because this is dead like joy is dead like it's like oh I'm glad we talked about the puppy that was saved because everything else is just discouraging all right and if you're not careful all of the things that are going on in this world all the things that may even be going on in your life can be met more with fear than with rejoicing in this passage in Luke chapter number 2, the shepherds see the sky light up. They hear the angels start to sing. And what is their response? They are sore afraid. They, they don't even understand. It, it's a glorious moment. We read back on it and we're like, man, why were they scared? Why were they so afraid of what God was announcing in this moment? Like, shouldn't there be excitement? Shouldn't there be joy? But yet... What God was doing was met with fear. Okay, please listen to this for just a second. We understand as children of God that what is going on in this world is not out of control of God's hands. Okay, we understand that truth. And yet, please listen. Many times, 
as children of God and just as mere human beings, we meet the work of God with fear rather than with joy, don't we? We look at maybe what's going on in politics or we look at what's going on in the, in the world's order. We look at what's going on with all of the whatever it is, okay? There's a thousand different things out there. You look at maybe even what's going on in your life and you think, why would this happen? Why would I struggle in this relationship? Why would this not occur? Why would I not get this job? Why would this not happen? And you look at what God is doing and rather than rejoicing in it, it develops a fear, it develops of, what in the world, like, why do I struggle with this? And the angels respond with something very interesting. They respond with a command, and they say, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so here's what I want you to notice, first of all, from this passage regarding the rhythm of rejoicing, that oftentimes you must rejoice in fear. Rejoice in fear. You say, that does not sound very fun and comforting. This is not the, the fuzzy-wuzzy little Christmas message that I was looking forward to on the first Sunday of December, okay? It's not the one I was looking forward to teaching either. But here's, I, I want you to be, I want to be biblical, but I also want to be realistic, okay? If your life is only rejoicing in what you enjoy, there will be times where you have nothing to rejoice in. You say, that is so dark and dreary and yeah, okay. You're welcome, Robert Frost, all right? Wasn't he a dark and dreary poet? I don't know, I don't, I don't remember. I know he was quoted on one of the bridges where my wife and I went on a hike the other day and I almost fell off the cliff trying to read the quote because it was like all the way down the side of the bridge. But anyways, that's a different story for a different day. Um, Sometimes when you hear the phrase rejoice, your response is, well, I have nothing to rejoice in. I don't have this relationship. I don't have this dream job. I, I'm broke. I, I have this going on in my life. I have this going on in my family. I have this concern about my health. I have whatever it may be. You can have a thousand different ways to find something not to rejoice in. But what God says and what he demonstrates through the life of these shepherds and these angels is that in the midst of fear, it is actually a great opportunity for you to rejoice. And so here's the question that I have for you today. What are you fearful of in this life? What are you fearful of right now? What are you doubting God about right now? And then here's the follow-up question to that question. When was the last time that you rejoiced in the midst of it? When was the last time that you just said, God, I'm going to stop and I'm going to rejoice in the fact that you are doing a work? I may not understand it. I may even be doubting it. I may even be stressed out of my mind about it. But I'm going to rejoice in the midst of fear. So first of all, rejoice in fear, but then the last two things that I want to give to you are things that you can rejoice in constantly. So you say, in the midst of fear, what do I rejoice in? Secondly, rejoice in salvation. Look at verse number uh, 10. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the, uh, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Rejoice in 
salvation. Do you want to know one of the main reasons why I believe the American Christians struggle so much in today's society rejoicing? Is because we have failed to comprehend the joy of salvation. We assume that the blessings of God, please listen to what I'm about to say. We assume that the blessings of God are greater than the salvation of God. And so what do we do? We rejoice in the earthly blessings more than we often rejoice in the eternal blessing of salvation. Do you, you do realize, okay, and I, I've, I've said this concept multiple times, but I want you to meditate on it today you do realize that the same command to rejoice in Philippians 4 and verse 4 is given to Christians in China who are currently meeting in underground churches, fearing persecution, fearing the loss of their family business, fearing the loss of maybe even their lives or the lives of their children, fearing so much. The same command to rejoice is given to Iraqi Christians. The same command to rejoice is given to people who have nothing to rejoice in other than their salvation. And yet for whatever reason, we as Americans and as Christians sometimes in America, we assume that if there's not uh, $10,000 in the bank and our health isn't okay and, and maybe we don't have the dream job and we don't have a good-looking girlfriend or a good-looking boyfriend or, or we don't have all of these things that society says that we need, we assume that there's nothing to rejoice in. When the truth is, and please listen to this, if salvation is the only thing that we have, it's enough. If the salvation of Jesus Christ is the only joy we have in this life, it is enough. We have failed to understand that when Jesus bled and died on a cross and saved our soul from hell, that that was the only blessing that we ever needed in this life. We were undeserving of that, which means the car, the phone, the relationships, the jobs, the finances, the houses, the, the food on the table, just the American life. That's just a cherry in the whipped cream on top of what Jesus Christ has done for you if you have accepted him as your Savior. Your your relationship with God would have never occurred. There are people who live this life and they question God and they, they never get to know Him on a personal basis. They, they live in enmity with God, to use a biblical word. And Jesus bridged that gap for you. And yet, for whatever reason, sometimes when trials come and hard times come, like, well, I got nothing to rejoice in. You have everything to rejoice in when you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you. And when these, when these angels say, fear not, they don't say, fear not, for behold, I bring you a bountiful spread for your Thanksgiving meal. It's not what they said. Fear not, for behold, we have lots of presents. Fear not, for behold, for look at the lighting of the Christmas tree. They didn't say any of those things. They said, fear not, for behold, we bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a, what's the next word? Savior. Rejoice in your salvation. But then lastly is this, 
not only rejoice in fear, rejoice in salvation, but would you take the time this season to rejoice in Jesus? To rejoice in Jesus. It says that he is a savior, which means that you can rejoice in his salvation. But there are times in your life to where you simply just need to rejoice in who he is. I mentioned that this past week, my wife and I got away and uh, just been walking through what feels like a lot and praying through a lot and just been a busy season. We, um, we go on a, we do a couples retreat every year as a church and as a staff. And so it's a great opportunity for uh, us as a staff to, to really serve couples. But sometimes my wife and I, we go away and it, it, we feel like you're kind of in work mode. And so uh, we don't know that we necessarily catch a break there. We, we do normally take a nap before we go eat. No way Jose's, which is always a, the highlight of our trip. And so anyways, but we just, uh, we've just been praying about it, and so every now and then we'll, we'll check in with each other, and we'll just kind of say, like, how you doing, how you doing, or whatever, and uh, uh, that's really the only times we talk right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not true. Okay. That's not true. I promise you guys took that way too seriously. Um, but we'll say, uh, how are you doing? And, and, and so I'll just tell them, I was like, I'm just tired. And so three or four times over the course of the last month or two, I've, she said, how are you doing? And like, she's like, you look like you're struggling. And I was like, I'm just tired. I said, I'm just I said, I just want to go somewhere. I just want to go sleep and read my Bible and just be quiet. And uh, I feel like I talk all the time, and so, um, which is not really my, my thing. And so, um, but this past week we slipped away. Uh, I just went up to, like I said, Tracy City, Tennessee, the middle of nowhere, middle of nothing to do. In fact, there was nothing to do. Like literally, there was nothing to do. Um, which is why we went on a hike, and I complained the whole time. Um, and so, <laughs> not the whole time, 80% of the time. Um, it was way too rugged. Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was expecting more of like a Greenway-type hike, not a Daniel Boone-type hike, all right? Um, and so, anyways, we went, we went on a hike and, uh, and just got the, honestly, the opportunity to talk to each other and spend time with each other. And so, um, the first morning that we were there, um, <laughs> she, she was still asleep and I had woken up and I was sitting in there reading my Bible and I think that she thought I was doing something else. And so she like looked around the corner and she was like, how long have you been up? And I was like, since like six, I was like, I couldn't go back to sleep. And, uh, and so I said, I just want to sit here and like read and stuff. Like I never get uh, like just an unlimited amount of time with God. Um, just, uh, just like, there's no stopping point. And so I'd already had two cups of coffee, like I was feeling good that morning. And, and I was sitting there, and as I, was, I was, as I was reading my Bible and just kind of praying and stuff, and there were plenty of things that I had on my heart and on my mind. And, um, and she said, well, she had asked me earlier, she said, what are, like, what's your goal with this? I said, I want to sleep, and I want to spend time with you, and I want to spend time with God. And what I found, and I know, and you don't have to go away to do any of these things. I just, I just want to talk to your heart for just a second. What I found is that many times the things that I am saying, God, this is the reason why I can't rejoice in you, is actually the very reason why I should be rejoicing in him. If you're not careful, just the way that life goes, 
we're, we're, I, will, I will tell you, like single adults, young adults, I don't care where you work, where you serve in ministry, life is busy. Like, and, and I wish I could tell you like it gets better when you get married and you have kids. It doesn't. Like my, I think my kids have busier lives than I do. Like sometimes I just want to look at my kids and be like, quit telling me to sign you up for stuff. Like I'm the idiot who's paying for all of it. Like just quit, all right? And sometimes it just feels like you're just nonstop, just always going, always going, always going. And if you're not careful, please listen. You will allow yourselves to get in the hamster wheel of life. And you'll be going, 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 going. And you'll be thinking to yourself like, man, I know I should be rejoicing in God, but what do I have to rejoice in? I'm worried about this. I'm tired. I, I, I'm stressed about this. I have this problem. I, ha, I have this uncertainty. I have this doubt. I have this fear. I have this that I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with. Like, and you just get into this cycle. And please listen, you are in the cycle of society. You can still be reading your Bible in the midst of all of that. You can still be praying in the midst of all of that. You can still be showing up to Crosspoint and showing up to church in the midst of all of that. But you get yourself in this rhythm, please listen, this rhythm of fear rather than the rhythm of rejoicing. And so what ends up happening is every time that you check social media, fear is developed. Every time maybe something comes up at your place of work, fear is developed. Every time that something comes up in your relationships, fear is developed. Every time something comes up in your education and, and your graduation date, fear is developed. And if you're not careful, the world sends you more and more and more things to develop fear. And here's what sometimes you just have to do is just say, God, I'm stepping off of whatever rhythm and cycle this world world is giving me and I'm just going to say I'm going to rejoice I'm going to rejoice sometimes even in the uncertainty I'm going to rejoice in the salvation that you have given me and I'm going to rejoice in who you are and here's what I wanted to I guess kind of come back and just share my heart with you, share the word of God with you, and look at today, is that there is going to very rarely be anybody in your life that says, you should rejoice in this. Most people aren't going to post things on Facebook, and most of social media is not going to, you're not going to close the app on your social media and just have so much to rejoice in, Okay. I always say that social media is comparing your blooper reel to someone else's highlight reel, okay? Look at my new car, and your car is banged up and dented and you backed into a pole that day, all right? Look at my engagement ring, and you're like, I don't even know who I'm supposed to get engaged to, all right? Look at my new job, and you're like, I hate my job, all right? You're comparing the worst of your life to the best of everybody else's life, okay? And you're thinking to yourself, wow, I'm a loser. Everybody else in the world's got it figured out, but not me. That doesn't really, how many of you understand that doesn't really develop rejoicing, right? How many of you understand that the news is, Fox News is not waking up in their staff meeting today and saying, you know what, we've really been driving this negativity thing home. Let's just really start to drive home joyfulness, all right? That's not the conversation they're having, all right? 
politicians are not sitting around and saying, you know what, we've passed a lot of really dumb things. I don't even know if they've passed anything, to be completely honest with you, all right? Like, that's kind of the vibe right now. They're not sitting there thinking, you know what we could really do is we could really, if they would pass daylight savings time, I do think it would bring joy. Like, uh, I mean, I think that that would be something we're all in on. Like, how have we not done that yet? Bipartisanship at its finest, all right? But that's not what the world is going to drive at. And there are even times in your own life where you sit there and you're looking at the plan and will of God and you're like, I have nothing to rejoice in. And it's because you have developed the rhythm of fear and doubt and just, I don't even know what is going on in my life. This rhythm of stress and, and all of these things. And what God says in the midst of all of that in the Christmas story is he says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When was the last time that you said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to rejoice? I'm just going to spend time praising and thanking God for who he is and for what he's done and sometimes for what he's doing that I don't even understand. Wouldn't it be great if this Christmas season was a season of rejoicing for you? I, I believe that that would revolutionize the life of many Christians. If we just stopped saying, well, look at all the problems, and we started look, saying, look at all of the things that I can praise God for. Look at all of the things, that, the ways that God has been good to me. Look at how he saved me. Look at who he is, and look at what he's doing. Can I just encourage you with something? Between now and December 25th, let's, no, let's not even, I'll, I'll give you a, six more days. Now, between now and January 1st, all right? Between now and January 1st, can I encourage you to set aside a time and just to say, God, I'm stepping off of whatever rhythm this world is giving me. And I'm stepping into a moment where I just say, God, I'm rejoicing in who you are and what you've done and rejoicing in the ride that you're taking me on, even though I don't always understand it. How many of you think that that would probably be something that would change your outlook about a lot of things? How many of you think that would probably change the way that you consume media, the, the way that we often numb ourselves with the things of this world is we just stopped and said, God, you are enough, and I'm going to rejoice in you. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.